This is RV on Business. Welcome back to 101.9 High FM. It's 1233, 27 minutes to 1 or 27 minutes to 2 if you are in Israel. And as I said to you at the beginning of the show, we are now going to speak to somebody who's been very, very involved in coordinating all the goodness and kindness that's come together. As I mentioned before, it's overwhelming. There is so much happening, so much coming in, and it took two ladies to decide that they're going to coordinate it and pull it together. So with great pleasure, I am happy to welcome Baylor Samta. Baylor, welcome to the show. Hi, Avi. Thank you so much for having me. Great. This is usually a business show, but you ladies are in the business of doing good things and getting things happening. So, Baylor, maybe take us back a little bit. Just paint the picture for us why you decided to start this streamlined event and how you got it together. Um, the truth is I didn't really start it myself. There was a bunch of people, uh, many, many people in our community who started chats in the beginning, the very first day. I think it was right after on Saturday night, maybe Sunday morning, trying to just share information. Um, people were just passing on any request that they got, whether it was from children on the fronts uh, for items that were missing, whether it was information on food that was needed, equipment that was needed, transport, um, funerals that were taking place. Uh, there was a frenetic um, need and just everybody wanted to help everybody and everybody was hoping that they would be heard, their needs would be heard. Um, it became so loud and so frenetic and so chaotic that people started to get very frustrated and it added to the chaos and added to the the stress level that people were feeling that they almost didn't know where to go and they just started turning their phones off and turning out, tuning out completely. Um, so I started to work with the administrator of the of our of our local shul, of our local synagogue, and we um, tried to figure out how to make it easier for people to follow what was going on. Uh, try to reduce some of the uh, the noise of the chat and have um, a very streamlined approach. So that's how it started, and that's how we kind of are managing on a day-to-day basis. Every day we're trying to fine-tune it and centralize a little more, coordinate efforts, make things more efficient, um, because so many people want to help, um, and so many people want their needs to be heard. So we're trying to service both. Bela, um, I'd like to just focus on one area that I was so excited to hear about last week. I personally haven't been involved in this, but as I mentioned to people last week on air, is that when you drive through Israel, the new view is parking lots. There's just cars everywhere. People got central locations that they needed to go to. They simply jumped in their vehicles, drove there, and left their vehicles there. And as you drive past these areas now, you see fewer and fewer cars are there. How did you coordinate getting cars back to people's homes, cars that husbands are taken back to their wives? How did you get that whole organization together? So that wasn't directly through me. There were a bunch of people doing things in parallel in different areas. So the the, the man that was doing that, his name is Aaron Shaviv, and he coordinated like 300 men just coordinating driving, picking up the cars, returning them to their families all over the country, all the way north, all the way south, as far as a lot, just picking up cars and returning them to their family. And from what I've heard, the families, when the car comes back, are, besides for feeling comforted that they have a whole band of people behind them, but they're so comforted and also functionally, they can actually function taking care of their day-to-day needs, which with all the kids home from school is a very, very vital need right now, so... 
Uh, it's an amazing effort. I think all through WhatsApp chats and coordination. If we only take a an average day, yesterday, today, there's a lot going in in our community in Modi, and there's a lot going on um, all around. Just take us through a normal day as to what you coordinating, what type of things are going on. Um, so I, I think that what's happening here in Modin is very, very similar in many neighborhoods. Um, I will tell you that even now, I'm on, I'm on with you now for half an hour. I'll probably go back to my phone and I could have about 150 messages. Um, people needing anything from I want to coordinate food for my son's base to I need tactical equipment to um, there's a funeral that they're at with, with a, from a soldier that doesn't have a lot of family that we're hoping people can come. Um, cribs being collected, displaced people that need a home, people that have supplies. So people will call me and say, I have, you know, 20 mattresses. Do you know who needs them? So I kind of have to backpedal and find out, okay, who was it that asked me about this um, a few hours ago or yesterday? Um, and kind of keep a log of all that information in my head at the same time. Uh, it starts from as early as 5, 6 in the morning to as late as 11, 30, 12 o'clock at night. Um, parallel to this, we have things for volunteers. We have um, uh, children that need to be entertained. So there, are, my son himself, my 12-year-old son ran a camp for some of the kids that are just sitting home, a free camp. Um, there is now the, the newest need, which started late last night and into today, is all the farms down south that have been evacuated have food and produce and flowers that need to be picked and sold. So they're asking for kids to come help volunteer to pick the food. Uh, so we're trying to coordinate transport there, get the kids to volunteer, and then see if we can distribute it to sellers so that they can actually make some of their living. They're, you know, These are people that this is their business, and that's also being destroyed. So the range of what's happening is just endless, and it's all day. It's all day. The one thing that um, my kids have certainly said to me is that we are really caught in the frenetic 10 days, two weeks of the beginning of this campaign. But the ground invasion, as we, it's, it's been called, hasn't really started yet. We're all waiting. No one really knows what's going on, but we do know that it's going to be, we're going to be in this for a long time. How have you paced yourself? How have you looked into the future to say, you know, things will settle down. We know the food, logistics and the army will come right. The equipment will come right, but it's the morale that the soldiers of, of the soldiers that need to be kept up. What have you thought of going down the line? Um, I think that we're still trying to catch up. I'm not sure we're 100% there yet. Um, one example I'll tell you, last week, one of the members of our neighborhood ran a challah bake, where she had people delivering rolls um, in, in packages of two with a note. And she messaged me this morning. It was delivered to thousands of bases. It happened as a project across the country. Um, very, very well received. Um, she messaged me this morning, should I do it again this week? Uh, it's one of the groups that I'm on with a few women. And everybody said, absolutely, we need to keep the morale of these soldiers up. Even if they don't need it to the same extent, it has to keep happening. Um, I agree there's a definite fatigue in the ability to help. And that's part of what my job has kind of morphed into is vetting the needs to make sure that they're real needs, that they're purposeful, that they're not just somebody re-forwarding a message a hundred times because they saw it somewhere. Uh, and that's exactly what I'm trying to do to try to decrease the amount of um, excess effort that people are making. Uh, Bella, so I, if I you wouldn't that... mind, sorry, if you wouldn't mind us hanging on to us, hanging on for us, we need to take a quick break. We'll be Absolutely. back with you in a moment. This is RV on business. On the line with me is Bela Samta, a resident of our city, Modian, 
who's really worked tirelessly together with a group of other ladies to streamline everything that's happening and all the goodness that's coming in. So, Bailu, were you right? Were there 150 messages on your phone? No, about 50. <laughs> oh, okay, you were third, right? Not bad. Well, third time. <laughs> yeah, so Bailey, you are absolutely right because there was the one thing that um, the army said to us on Friday, the kids don't need food. They've got food, they've got everything they need. But we as parents really felt that they need something different. And a cute thing happened with us where um, my daughter was in touch with my wife holding a biscuit that she found in the back of a vehicle that had obviously fallen out of the box and said, Mom, is this yours? It tastes like it's yours. And she says, it is mine. And just oh, the well. on her face, just the lift up. And again, I got to spend some time with, with incredible people going forward. Um, Balon, one of the things that we're seeing a lot of is the fake news that is starting to come out, but also the fake product. Israel got caught in that trap, which we just knew was a matter of time, buying inferior product, buying bad product. When it comes to people wanting to offer and wanting to help, how do you sort of separate the the weeds from the flowers? How do you separate what is needed and what is just somebody trying to offload stuff that is really redundant on you? Um, so I, when I started kind of taking some ownership over their responsibility, um, and again, as a novice, really, this is not what I do for a living, but I try to take my organizational skills um, I made some criteria for things that I would forward, and that's how I started. Every message that I had had to be an active request, meaning I asked the person if they were in active contact with, with the person making the request. I had to have a time on it, when it was needed, and a place exactly where it was going. And it had to, the person had to have a way to get it there. Even if it was through us, it had to have, they had to have a plan. I also vetted messages. So you can't just send me something and say forward. It had to have your contact information and you had to be willing to take ownership of, over that collection. Um, that decreased a lot of it because a lot of times when you start asking questions, people say, oh, never mind. Um, because A, they don't know, or B, they don't really want to do the work. So at some point, you have to take ownership of what you're requesting. Um, so that, that, that helped because a lot of the, the, the like you said, the, the, the leads from the grass, like a lot of the, those are just people forwarding and their intentions are really good because they see a very heartfelt message of need they want to help spread it, but they don't always realize that by spreading it without it having a, 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 ba- a real basis is not helpful. It causes redundancy, waste, and um, again, that chaos of people not knowing where to put their energy first. So that was the first thing that I did. Um, the other thing I did was establish... Sorry, go ahead. Continue. The other thing I did was establish contact points for items so that before I share a message, I refer people to, the, to a person that's in charge. So I established kind of heads of each each um, subject. So somebody's in charge of all military supplies. Somebody's in charge of baked goods. Somebody's in charge of transportation. Someone's in charge of hosts if people need a host or want to host for displaced people. And this way, again, it has to take a little bit of an extra step. Um, a, that's much more organized. And B, the person has to be willing to kind of fight for what they need a little bit more. Uh, not that there's ever need to fight for it, but it does help make sure that it's a real need. Um, one of the questions that came in, I think, is quite interesting. All these volunteers that you have that are driving all over the country, do you collect money to subsidize their costs or are, are the volunteers all forking out the transport money on their own? They're absolutely not subsidized. Everybody is doing this on their own, on their own time. Every single request that comes out for money within minutes that somebody yesterday collected 12,000 shekel uh, for 
for some supplies that they needed. Within 20 minutes, it was filled. They sent to me, all done, thank you. Um, people are just constantly taking from their own pockets with no tax benefit, with no receipt of contributing and just everything that they can are contributing. Uh, and they're emptying their own shelves also, which is a cost. You know, I think everybody in the neighborhood doesn't have a spare shampoo, conditioner as a backup or, a, uh, you know, any any mind that flower aisles are completely empty in the in the supermarkets. Nobody has a, a bag of flour because they're just baking and cooking and baking and cooking. So that's just it's just all selfless volunteer donating. And I think, Bela, what it really shows us um, and we know this as, as a community here in Israel, South African community is absolutely no stranger to doing good is that your contribution doesn't need to be, you know, um, with, with the cape and on, on the front page. Everybody who's driving, giving of their time, schlepping, collecting, coordinating, sitting and mess- sifting through messages, all that contributes to the efficiency of the way things run and the way things go forward. Um, Better just before I let you go, there's a few messages that have come through. People want to know if you are collecting money for needs in your community or in the country, or should they continue to give through their normal channels? Um, I personally am not. There are many, many established channels that are collecting. Um, I'm happy to share with you afterwards with um, several options for links that have um, payments for out of Israel. Uh, there are some off the top of my head that I can think of, like United Hatzalah, uh, anything through JGive, uh, they're all collecting. And those are, it's, a, it's just an easier way to give to an organization that has an organized way of distribution. Um, I, I'm not personally collecting in Modine, but if you do know anybody here, they, a lot of people have their own causes, their own personal causes for their own children or their own children's units. Okay. You know, Bella, just before I let you go, I just want to say to everybody listening, first of all, thank you for opening your hearts, opening your wallets making sure that things are being sent, the excitement that people post, um, goods that are coming out of South Africa, coming to Israel. But one needs to be very careful that you're doing it through the correct organizations. If it's a private initiative, please make sure that you vet it. Please make sure that you're buying stuff that is needed. Um, I know there was a major campaign for bulletproof vests and headlamps. I think the price of headlamps in Israel is going to plummet in the next three weeks because there will be such an oversupply. It was just a matter of logistics, a matter of them coming in and being able to be distributed. Um, I I was with my daughter-in-law the other day distributing stuff, and we pulled up to a car four soldiers, and she held up a battery pack for your cell phone and asked if they want. Only one of them took. The others already had. And when I got to my one son's base, I said, I've got some. Do you want to give them out? He says, I've got two and everybody has. So it's, you know, there's no reason to give them out. So please just be careful with what you give to. Um, one thing that there will always be a need for, and that is for food in one way or another. But as Baylor said, please make sure you use the correct channels and that every penny, every rand, every cent of your money is being used to help people here in South Africa. Bela, just before I let you go, um, what, how many, for example, how many hamburgers have you distributed in the last week? Thousands. <laughs> thousands. I mean, there's, it's nightly that there is thousands of distributions of food. Okay, you're being humble and it doesn't help because thousands mean one or two thousands. The figure I heard is in the tens of thousands. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I, I'm really the one that 
that delegating that I'm not handing out the hamburgers. I'm telling people who to call. Also, they call organizations like Grilling for IDF, uh, and they're doing thousands a night. Thousands. They they go to many bases. Uh, last night I heard they gave out 450 meals in one base, for that, and that was just one one uh, one destination of several. So it's it's constantly happening. Fantastic. Beta, the wishes for you here are absolutely overwhelming. I actually can't read them because they're spreading so quickly. All the best to you. Thank you. And we know we say every Shabbat that those who do things for the community should reap the reward. And um, thank you for giving everybody the opportunity to participate. No matter how, how small it might seem, I know I'm going down now to take stuff to a soldier whose mother just doesn't have the ability to go down. So thank you for coordinating it and making it happen. Thank you. And thank you for all the support that we're getting from within and out of Israel. It means so much to us, and it's really helping us plug through this really, really trying time. Fantastic. That was Bela Samta. Bela, thank you so much. And just before I say goodbye to everybody, I just again want to make one personal comment, and that is how proud I am once again to be a South African. To listen to Chief Rabbi Dr. Warren Goldstein speak the other day was absolutely riveting. To see our spiritual leader in South Africa, a man who is well-versed both in the South African law and the Jewish law, a man who can hold his head high in the community and in society as a whole, speak so directly, so honestly, so bluntly, and with such a sense of confidence was absolutely one of those speeches that I hope I never forget. I hope I memorize certain of the phrases that he used. And his message basically was that morality and ethics will trump. And just because somebody is an elected leader doesn't necessarily mean they represent the populace, doesn't mean they represent all of us. It was a proud, proud moment. Chief Rabbi, on behalf of all of us, thank you very much for everything you've done in the past, for everything that we know that you will do for us in the future, not just as South Africans, but Jews around the world. The Shabbos Project was your brainchild, and now it's commonplace all over. This year it's been disrupted, but please, year, please God, in years to come, we will celebrate it with Jews all over the world, and we will be proud to know that it came from our Chief Rabbi in South Africa. At the same time, to thank our Rabbi here in Modi'in, Rabbi Sobel, who's just an absolute rock. Whatever we need, he's available to everybody all the time. But the beauty about it is that it's clear. We get clear direction. We get decisive direction. And the direction is positive and constructive. And like that, we are supported and we are confident in what we do because our leaders are clear and decisive and knowledgeable, and their hearts are in the right place. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Craig, thanks for pushing the buttons. We'll speak to you next week. Until then, stay safe.